question Guess who's here for OG's wrestling? Ain't no competition, we report, you gon' listen Never no mercy, we bring the ring to the streets If you don't know, you better find out off the ropes Here to prove a point, number one in the league Bet you don't wanna tussle with us Nowhere to hide or run, step in the ring Get done, you're never stepping out again So you're back on the wolf pack Off the roof, representing that 617 area So you're back on the wolf pack No other podcast out here, more scary yeah. So you're back on the wolf pack Wrestling entertainment was reported by the bears So turn your back on the wolf pack You might wind up in a body bag Took your chances, now it's time to show you what's on In a ring off the ropes, that's believe that we strong Day in, day out, off the ropes for life Shiznit, E, Wiz, Fats, crew on the mic In town, be the city where we make our own rules Stomping no, you can't fit our shoes Off the ropes, a crowd pleaser Conquering like Caesar Lean on us like pizza when you need your wrestling re-up Turn your back on the wolf pack off the roof representing that 617 area Talk to your back on the wolf pack No other podcast out here more scary Talk to your back on the wolf pack Wrestling entertainment was reported by the bears Talk to your back on the wolf pack You might wind up in a body bag Good everybody, welcome to another episode of Off the Top Row Podcast. I'm your main man, your main host is Lansky, uh, aka Blackheart, aka Trail, the whole night, gear, all that other good stuff. Um, thank you for joining me today. Um, before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to Anchor for giving us a podcast platform that we need to make a podcast happen here for OTTR. If you have it, and more likely that you should. Uh, we got a brand new special episode dropping today at 3 p.m. on Anchor. On, on the multi-podcast platform and YouTube of our guest from last night's After Dark show, who was Sean Patrick O'Brien, the almighty SPO. He joined us yesterday with me and E. Dukes. We had a fun time, man. We went. We had a great conversation. We go, we, we caught up with him, see what he was doing during the last time that he was here. Um, so thank you. Thank you, SPO, for jumping on the show with us. And um, please, like, share, and subscribe button here for OTTR on YouTube. Um, Hashtag OTTR, hashtag support OTTR, hashtag support local podcast, the whole nine yards, the whole shebang bang. And follow us everywhere, social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Off the Top Road Podcast. Follow our podcast here on Anchor, Breaker Podcast, Google Podcast, Radio Public Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean as well. Um, you know, so hit that favorite, hit that subscribe, man. Listen to these episodes, man. We got a lot of hidden gems in there, man. And we got a lot of funny skits coming your way. Um, I bought myself they all got busy today. Today's one had to excited for for a majority of us, but the show must go on. So I had to have to call in a few favors. And last but not least, I got my special co my special co-host with me today. Fill in some of those slots. Um, you met him before. He's been on the show plenty of times before. Um, and he's slowly coming back into the independency himself. So give it up for the head, give it for the headmaster of I mean of his partner with Mar uh with Buzzing with Warlow. Give it up for my man. Uh, give it for my man, my main man, my motherfucking American prodigy himself, Warren Marlow. He's joined us today. How's it going, man? I love the intro, man. Always welcome. Thank you. 
Oh, man, everything's everything. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, today we just, yeah, today we just kind of had to do. We'll um, end up getting caught up with some other stuff and then we'll do some stuff in like a couple of hours. So I was like, damn, I, I had to do a recording today. So I was like, uh, and then I thought about doing this whole partner interruption segment. You know, if some of you fans who actually watch ESPN during today's partner interruption comes on at 5 30, those are my guys, Mike Wilborn and Tony Kornheiser. Um, I had to get that little energy in here today. I'm like, you know what? It's probably cool if I get one of my grandsons to come on the show today. So, why are you here today? Hey, man. Uh, I guess to help you out to cover this uh, wonderful week of wrestling, um, I literally just got done watching the Daniel Bryant and Roman Reigns match. And I got to say, I was very impressed. All right. Well, we're going to get into SmackDown in a little bit, but we're going to drop it at the beginning of the week. Um, so you may not probably some of the things, but if you did watch the highlights and stuff like that, then you pretty much will be okay. But for oh. Raw just itself, Raw just been all, all over the damn place. So let me just go down what happened on Raw this past week. Braun Strowman, before he even comes out, him and McIntyre having a conversation in the back, and um, basically Strowman is putting McIntyre before he goes out there saying he don't need his help, and they go out, Braun Strowman versus T-Bar and Mace. T-Bar and Mace just has this leftover Michael I mean, Mojo Raleigh face glue paint that he had last year. And it's on these two this year to try to make it seem like they're the new version of Legion of Doom almost. And I'm saying to myself, no. It's a more like a counterfeit Warriors video game if I ever saw one. But not, but not about that. Uh, Braun Strowman defeats T-Bar and Mace by disqualification in the handicap match. T-Bar attacking Strowman. After the, you know, after the match was over, Drew McIntyre comes out to make the save, and it turns into a tag team match during the commercial break. After that, as the match progressed, T-Bar and Mace have had both defeated Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre by countout. Strowman got angry at McIntyre after the match and took him out with a power slam. Ugh. This whole T-Bar and Mace tag team thing, Vince McMahon had already killed off the tag team division already. Like this, There's no tag team that's left on Monday night except for the Viking Raiders. Because you already kiboshed the whole Hurt business thing. Um, New Day, as much as we love, I know certain people don't want to keep seeing it on television, always winning, always winning, always winning, even though that's probably going to be the case. And there's not many tag teams that they have in WWE, period. Besides, if you look at the NXT roster, they have more in the developmental system than what they do in the main television roster, which is so asinine. So, Vince McMahon, stop killing off tag team fucking wrestling. And, and, and I gotta pull this one out of my ass for E. Dukes. I'm giving this whole thing a two shits and a toilet seat flush. So, shout out to Dukes for that one, okay? Next, we got The Miz, John Morrison, and Elias. Elias and Jackson Riker performing uh, and shout out to Crew 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 for Miz and Morrison, who's been, I guess, been on fire since last year, ever since they kind of come together. But I want to talk about them today. I just said, and I'm gonna keep saying it to you, Crew. This whole thing is trash. Hey, hey, ho ho. <laughs> um, but yeah, the day um, hey, hey, hop, hop. 
the bullshit diss song that they made towards Bad Bunny when he was there for the last few months. Unplugged. So they're doing the whole Jay-Z MTV unplugged thing. No. Okay, these guys cannot fucking do it. I would not see this on my television screen, and that's a black man. I felt offended. Because you see, how many other people uh, MTV unplugged back in the day when that I mean, um, um, uh, when that TV was popular, they, they had stars come on the show, and they perform hits release music. And that's something I loved about um, uh, MTV's Unplugged. They're making a mockery out of this thing, so I cannot accept this. But you want to know was least that's more crazy and more kiddish susceptible? Damien Priest and New Day coming out throwing tomatoes at them. Okay? They throw tomatoes. Like, this was like a boring-ass concert. You know what this kind of reminded me of, Warren? No funny shit? This reminded me of 1999. The Rock, Stone Cold. Stone Cold comes out with the beer truck and sprays everyone the fuck down. Uh-huh. This is the rated VY7 of WWE in that one segment. And I said, if you're a five-year-old that like this shit, then I feel sorry for the main actual adults who actually watches and like this shit. Because I said, you guys are child-minded. And that's not the case. They're assaulting your intelligence again. Thank you. They're assaulting your intelligence again, folks. They need to stop. Damien Priest and New Day end up defeating the Miz, Jack, me, and uh, Jackson Riker. They get Sonya Deville saying to Adam Pierce, rush, rush to suspend Charlotte Flair's actions for last week. He wanted to hear Charlotte's side of the story, which ended up coming out, which she ended up sneaking Charlotte back into the arena, going and escorting straight out and having to apologize to the referee, Eddie. Well, I'm surprised referee actually has names besides um Mike Kyoda and uh Dave and um and um Dave Hebner, Hebner for that matter, but half the other referees we don't even fucking even know because WWE doesn't talk about them, they call them irrelevant. Pierce and the you know, he so Charlotte comes out, issues an apology to Eddie Adam Pierce and WWE management for her wrongdoing. Referee Eddie just accepted her apology, which that was fabricated bullshit. Sorry, this says Charlotte, that Charlotte had paid her $100,000 fine and her suspension has been lifted. She says she'll have a match later tonight with, with referee Eddie being a referee in her match, but Charlotte demanded an apology from the referee gave her one. Why is he a, Why is the referee apologizing to Charlotte? I thought the referees were like the law, the police in the ring. Why is the referee apologizing to Charlotte, even though clearly Charlotte was in the wrong by even attacking an official anyway? It doesn't matter what the fuck that you look at it. This whole this whole booking situation with Raw is abysmal garbage. It's hot fucking garbage. And, and I know what Deuce will be saying, the Omni Flare. And give it a nice little fart sound at the end of it. You know what I'm saying? So this whole Charlotte thing, it's just like, like it's getting overboy. That aren't their throws. We don't want to see that. We want to see new people trying to up that rank to try to be the next set of stars. Sorry for Charlotte. I mean, I know she's the pinnacle up there. How does she have left? Or how much time is she going to tell us? Like, okay, like, you know what? WWE is really not what the fuck. I mean, I've done everything. I did everything. Now I need to go, go somewhere else and pull up a new challenge. I'm saying this is going to get old real quick, real fast. Um, 
Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman got announced for the main event of Raw. If Strowman wins, he'll be added to the, the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania Backlash. Dear WWE, erase the WrestleMania park that is over with and just only highlight Backlash, please. Stop this. Like, I don't understand what this company is doing. Like, we need, like, the aftermath eulogy of a pay-per-view. And this is the eulogy part right here. I don't understand that. Still don't. Still don't. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Call me hypocritical, but I was brought on the old days where WrestleMania was done. We had right into Backlash. We had right into Backlash with the Judgment Day. Judgment Day, this, that, King of the Ring, X, Y, Z. Now we're going to get, like, some spoofy-ass secondary subtitle title for these pay-per-views like coming up like they're supposed to have some type of significant meaning which it don't it just don't the United States Champion Sheamus it's just an open challenge a brother Carrillo did come out accepts his challenge once again they fought before the bell could even reign her brother got, her, her brother Carrillo had took out Sheamus this time so I guess they build up a program between Sheamus brother Carrillo for the United States Championship and more likely that's probably going to go down at Backlash as well MVP said that WWE Bobby, uh, WWE champion Bobby Lashley felt disrespected for not being consulted about Braun Strowman potentially being added to the WWE title match at Backlash. I'm not saying this whole risk me at Backlash Park, and this is fucking stupid. Lashley said that he'll be watching their match up close and will walk out of WrestleMania Backlash still the WWE champion. So this could be a pretty good, a pretty good scenario if that ever happens. Randy Orton said. Riddle kind of earned his respect last week and wants to give their tag team, RK Bro, a chance that night. So some people might actually, yeah, pretty much. Hold on for one second. Sorry, that was uh, beloved, our beloved Uncle Fats asking, was there an actual show? And I was like, maybe if yes, he jumped your ass on in there. But let's just see what the fuck he says first. But anyway. Oh yeah. You good, man. But um yeah. the RK the RK bro thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, man. It's been put together. Uh I kind of like it a little bit. Give something different. And but the only thing I'm trying to figure out is what is Orton? Is Orton the bad guy or is he the good guy anymore? And it and I guess that's what his character right now. It's not based off. It's not based off his reactions. It's based off of what he's doing. Orton's mm-hmm. always been a bad guy that's been personified as a good guy. So honestly, we should never expect all oh, the big main turn for him to ever turn good guy again. So, on my scenario on that, uh, the riddle thing, I have never really been a fan of riddle, and really? the reason is I'm old school. I don't like the barefoot ordeal. Okay. And, and I could tell the boy could go. He could really work in the ring, and he's really good at telling stories and some things like that. But I will tell you his worst strength is his promos. And we talk about the throwing tomatoes thing. We, we know what Riddle is. We know what Riddle does. And it's, it's amazing how they're actually letting him be that character on TV when they're sitting there basically PGing everything else. So it's like, okay, is Riddle really this dumb? Or, oh, they're letting him just act like the 
the typical smooth, cool guy, because we, we all know that that look. <laughs> like, literally. So it's just like, I I keep asking myself every time I watch Riddle, is like, what is Riddle's gimmick? And I, I guess, obviously, a solid worker. I don't know what character kind of personify he is on it. I've been seriously wondering this for the whole time since he's been on the main roster. I just feel like he can just put on good matches. But I don't see him as like a main card guy because obviously his promos are not that great, but he's all around. He's he's funny, and I've got that part. But it's like I don't know what his persona is. His persona is kind of like a cool surfer smoker. If you like, if you are, so have you ever have you ever watched a movie? Yeah, with Dave Chappelle. So he's the guy with the uh, with the tie dye T shirt with the flip flops. Okay. So yeah. that's what they're but, trying to make like his character I, feel. In- like how they like PG like like how you said it gave you that vibe the Stone Cold beard bash thing. Why are they letting Riddle have that thing? Because obviously that's easier more to comprehend and figure out then oh if they were to throw in like lit alcohol or something on the people for that little whatever concert i guess that's what that was <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing on that whole scenario too is my daughter loves Miz and Morrison and for some weird reason she loves that song hey hey oh the ho ho oh like, no loves that song Karu, you just Karu, you just gained a little buddy over here too. Cause I don't know how y'all two got some crazy ass but no, I can't. She listens to that thing, man. She will jam out to that. But hey, oh. hey, hop, hop. I, uh, it's okay. But I love the duo between Miz and Morris. That's cool. I'll finish with that part. I love what they're doing and what they did at WrestleMania was really good. I mean, that is what a proper heel is supposed to do. Put your guys over. And obviously, Bad Bunny was not the best mechanical worker and obviously not really knowing what wrestling was, but he worked his ass off and he showed his strengths. And Miz and Morrison got it out there. So I got respect on them on that. But back to the riddle on RKO RK bro thing. I I, I want to see where it's gonna go. I feel like this will be a chance for Riddle to get shine or whatever else they're trying to do with Riddle. <laughs> That's the one thing I just wonder because I mean, obviously Orton's the big time veteran. And I'm telling you, still to this day, there's nobody going hotter and heavier than Orton in in any storyline right now, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a big Orton fan or whatever, but I can understand where his scenarios and everything is. And I'm glad The Fiend and all that crap is out of the way now because that was starting to get a little mushy at the end. Oh, well, we'll, well, we'll get into The Fiend. And we'll get into The Fiend part, part about that in a little bit. Um, let's just move forward with it real, real quick. Angel got to get off tonight. Backstage, nice attacks, Mandy Rose. What the files that told her to put them in water. This this whole Nia Jax thing, this whole Nia Jax mini rose um, issue, it started to come a little bit too damn diminishing for my taste. Even watching the Angel Gaza just been, I guess, they have an Angel Gaza going after BBWs now. 
and Uncle Fast, who just recently just joined the show, he should know about this. Yes, I, I do know about this, and I'm proud of Andrew Garza for coming to the light. Well, first off, can you say hello to your beloved fans and, and, and oh, say I'm hello sorry. to Warren, too? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Warren, first of all. Hello. Um, you good, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Good to hear you. Uh, and hello to the to the family, you know, to the uh, listeners, to, to, you know, yeah. Today's a good day. <laughs> but, as I was saying, Andrew Gaza really put a smile on my face because he showed me Uh-oh. Sounds like Uncle Faz is uh, choking on the chicken bone back there. You got something to say real quick? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I knew it, man. He choked on the damn chicken bone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, you know what we've always said. Vince gives pretty shitty gimmicks, and obviously they're not well thought of before they do them. Uh, Angel Garza is doing what the best they can of it. And if, if I'm right, I think everyone's still portraying Angel Garza as like the new Eddie Guerrero. Obviously, mm. there's never going to be another Eddie Guerrero, but I guess that's what they're wanting to try to do with him. And obviously, with the Express of the Horizon, because you know how, let's be real, how everyone is really soft-hearted on what we say or what we act on and in life and stuff now. I think they're doing the Nia Jax story just to basically not to offend people. <laughs> so I don't know what they're really doing with it, but I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like you might be. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say like, you might be on the right path when it comes to that one. The whole that kind of mess a lot of things up. I think it's that's what the way it is because we don't WWE out of all places is not trying to offend anyone. But you know how many times have they but but you know how many times that company have been offended people for forty years? Yeah, but oh, that was before all this BS started, bro. You have to understand. Like, case in that, point, why do you think Pico had to go back and look at all them damn archives and videos and shit like that just to try to censor it now? That's because of what um what Warren just said because of this whole cancellation cancel uh, generation culture. that's. Cancer culture that's going on. I call it cancer cancer generation. Yeah, they got, it's not they a got contract. They've got they've basically right. got headlines where they have to impress the viewerships, but they cannot right. offend them in any possible way either. Back then, USA and I mean, and if anyone's ever watched the documentary with Stone Cold, uh, he changed the landscape of wrestling in ways. Mm-hmm. But now it's made it harder for people to evolve to the next generation because now could we play something what Stone Cold done in the 90s over in this generation? Heck oh no. Because everyone has got something to say upon something now in wrestling. Period. Plus not only on top of that to piggyback on what you just what you just stated um, the time where Stone Cold made his mark it was like a representation of everybody being everybody being fed up. Um, you had one guy who literally pretty pretty much not only spoke for a quote unquote like locker room, but he kind of spoke for everybody who was kind of pissed off, angry at their boss, angry at people. I mean, let's be real. 
when he won King of the Ring and he did that whole Austin 316 said I just whooped your ass, people fail to realize that that, that night going into that Monday changed mm-hmm. wrestling forever. Of course. We've never seen so many signs of Austin 316. I just whooped your ass. I just whooped your ass. You got kids going into school saying this shit, bro. Like, mm-hmm. n- no lie. This is before the if you can smell what the rock is cooking. Yeah. You know, I'm the king Triple H. Like, Austin really set the pinnacle for the I don't give a shit movement. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. All right, wait, wait. Then let me throw in one thing before we move on. Austin did catalyze this thing, but look at the, what the NWO did on the other channel, too. They actually started. Both of them started at the same particular time in 1996. Both of them. The, the cool thing so the both you. of them rocket shit both wrestling to new cool. heights of both companies before professional wrestling as in general. Mm-hmm. But what it was was that what they what if you really look at it, you're you're absolutely correct. But when you look at the dynamics between the two, you had WWE who had one major star who turned it around, right? And okay. made it like, oh, I'm an individual who can who can tell my boss to tell people to go fuck themselves. Then okay. on then on then on Turner on TNT. You it was like you didn't get the whole goody two shoes shit the way that yeah. you got on the other channel. You right. got a real competition. You got a real names, and then you got better storylines. But the one catalyst was Hulk Hogan had never until that day, right? And, and that's so what was turned like, the whole wrestling like world upside fucking down. It's like it's right. it's something phrase. Hell has hell has a fishy froze over, right? Yeah. So what that did was that that opened up the doors for people to be like, oh shit, if my childhood hero. To be a badass and join one of the biggest groups in the world, like joining one of the biggest gangs in the hood, then guess what? What what the what you either love me or you hate me. So now you got two guys who just who has a good side, but they got this mean streak that's been in them for years. And anybody that has followed wrestling for over 10 years or even over 15 years would know that you know at some point in time. Austin was a good guy. He wasn't always Stone Cold. He was Thunder Steve. Austin, he was part of the Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman. He's had his feud. You know what I'm saying? He went through his looks, even being from, from NWA to WCW to ECW, now to WWE or WWF slash WWE. Then you got Hogan, who was the face of the WWF, um, heading into the uh, before they became WWE, and then goes over to WCW and literally lights that bitch on fire. Like it just fucked everybody up. You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot that 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 I guess Peacock and this cancer culture were thinking like, oh, we can't go through that again. But you're not understanding. You bottling this shit up is gonna make it worse. You're not only fucking up a good thing, you're going to make this shit explode to where nobody's going to give a shit about this cancer culture shit. It's a lot, bro. But, but Andrew Gosling, I love you, bro. If people weren't so offended on everything that is said or done now, I feel like wrestling could be easier to experience and be able to adapt more to a newer evolution. But the way everything is now, it's where <laughs> should we do that? Uh, we got to go through like nine different viewers to make sure this is okay. 
Or, yeah, or, 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 or you got to get special permission from the parent company saying that it is acceptable for us to program on our show. If it's not, yep. they let us, you know what I'm saying? Hence why a so lot of these parent companies will be like, yo, you can't do this, you can't do that, this, that, and the third. But so can I this whole case of culture that? thing, this whole cancer culture topic could be an after dark episode. We can see that in the vault, but we really gotta move forward. No, right. I know. I just want to ask you guys one question. Just one right. simple question. Okay. So with what you just said and what Warren just said, right? Mm-hmm. What what do you think the soul do you think that this man knew what he was doing when he sold his shit to Peacock? Do you think he knew about this cancer culture shit? Or do you think this is just an opportunity for him to gain more money? Hmm. And that's the that's the reason why I keep saying this shit that I'm saying. Like I agree with y'all. But then we're talking about a man who promised to take his father's company beyond into the next level. So did he was he aware of what was going to happen if he sold this shit to Peacock? Or was this something that just surprisingly came after? I mean, you give a man a billion dollars who's already who's already close to a, a, a billionaire, but you just capped him off already. And it's like now some of his greatest moments that put him in the place to where he's at now can't be shown because of cancer culture. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're accepting it because the money's right. You know what I'm saying? I think, so I think the best thing to explain that one too is if y'all remember the Stone Cold podcast, the one where he did an episode with Vince and he asked him what is different with wrestling now. Vince said it. He catered to the millennials. When he did that, it changed wrestling completely. It changed it to the PG era for a complete long time. And we shamed John Cena on so many ways on it, but you could only do the Doctor of Thugonomics for so long because, like he said, you can't be like a something-year-old man in baggy shorts and stuff like that and make it seem like that's going to mean something to it. But when, right. when they did the Peacock ordeal, I think at the end of the day, it's all about making money, period. Right. We, we know that for facts. But I feel like the Peacock ordeal, it's for him to get his viewership back up because – COVID hit everyone, but WWE got dealt a bad hand when when they went to the USA Network where there's no fans. Why are we going to put them on TV with no fans in the stands? Like, it's just a bunch of men grappling and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just saying as what people's perspective would be. Like, it just doesn't feel right. That's like watching sports. You don't want to watch sports with no crowd. So it's like they were dealt maybe bad hand, and I think they maybe lost a lot of money with USA and all that stuff of what they were doing. But the thing, the Peacock thing is, I feel like that's going to actually help to where the viewerships is not going to be so offended in ways because they're going to put it out. Okay. All so, right. I mean, I think, I think it's just to that next step. I mean, I really was upset when they shut the WWE Network down because obviously that's their biggest losing money and obviously their biggest game. So, right. I mean, I was pissed too. That's, I, that's, I, I think that's the only way I could really put it with the Peacock thing because it it's still new. So, I don't know where it's going to go. 
What it's I didn't like go... is how they switched that shit without without those that were already signed up to WWE had to pay for Peacock. Like that was stupid. My thing was if you already had a subscription with WWE, then that should cancel out your shit for Peacock. We should be all set. Cause like I get what you're saying. All right. Let's move forward from that. God damn. RK Bro, even though that's a pretty intense topic anyway. Uh, RK Bro, which consists of Randy Orton, Riddle, Defeat, Cedric Alexander, and, Seth, and Shelton Benjamin. Why they got to put our former her, her business pals as jobbers now? This is ridiculous. But uh, kind of see it's kind of coming together. As Warren said earlier, it's Randy going to play the He's going to play the face. I'm going to go with Warrior on this. He's going to play the heel in this. He's not going to fully pose. He's he's going to play his part. He's gonna, he'll do the pose in like a few weeks when it gelled up, got some tag team gold. Then you're going to see it start falling apart. Brady hit him with an arc. Oh, boom. And some crazy shit. Then they, then they have the one-on-one match that, that we probably might actually would like to see on great simulation circumstances. That's why I see this. But, you know, this is just give Brady Oil a program to work with since that the whole feed thing is kind of finished for him. So they got to do something with him. Even though he's supposed to take a vacation, so we wasn't going to see him on TV for a little bit, but I guess it's time to change their mind. Mindy Rose and Dana Brooke threw a bucket of water at Nia Jax and made her fall. Good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good. But, I mean... Look, I, I love Nia Jax, don't get me wrong. But that's your baby, we get it. Uh, huh? I said, that's your baby. I said, that's that, your baby, that girl, is my we baby. get it. That, that is my fucking baby. And Andrew Gosling, I said, my girl, get him. I think Nia Jax came up with this storyline between with them and Dana Brooke. I really feel like that was one of their ideas coming off of this. To you know, this idea to recycle Alexa Bliss um, yeah. and her issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know how that was, and this is the same thing. Yeah. yeah, and um, it'll 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 be over before you know it. I, my thing is, I want to see her go for the title. I'm tired of seeing Nia Jax with the tag team titles. Uh, if you're gonna be dominant like that, to be dominant the right way, and, and claim your dominance, this tag team and not hurt be- people in that ring right. too. <laughs> right, bro, that too. <laughs> That's the same. I mean, and, yeah, if she was more careful, I think she would have been safe. Well, she gave people too many concussions and shit like that, and then you know how concussions are. That's like that's like with Seth, and y'all see how Seth has changed his wrestling because of some of the stuff that he's done. It's just you have to you have to change up. You can't always stay with what you got if it's not safe. (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it. (laughs) You tell the truth, bro. Mm-hmm. Because I think Nia Jax would probably be the one of the main card holders right now if obviously all that issues didn't happen. But oh, I mean, yeah. it is wrestling, and it's not like you're out there dancing circles in the ballet. It, it and you sign up for it when you get in that ring. So it's on both people, but yes. You don't go out there to hurt somebody deliberately. I mean, I don't think anyone is, would do that, but you, Maybe. you have to protect the person that you're in there with. So, yes, I agree with that. Maybe. Next, we got um, 
Next, we got the Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley and the Tag Team Champions Nia Jax and Cena basically defeating uh, Oscar, Wanda, and you know, me. After pro from Alexa Bliss said that Lily, the little doll that she debuted a couple of weeks ago, is her best friend, as well as the Devil, as well Devil and the Angel. Alexa then says that Lily is getting relentless. Lily is getting restless, hanging out, and thinks it's time to release Lily on the rest of the day. So it's intertwining. And now, this fiend darkness version of Alexa Bliss now is going to start having some matches. It's going to be some CG, Peter Eye imaging shit involved to it. Or it could be just some, you know, still shit, flashback and forth shit. But no fiend this week. But yeah, as Warren said earlier, uh, they got that they kind of started with the fiend, but what they're going to do next with him. That's really a coin flip in the fucking air because there's too many on this now. There's two unfinished stories in this book that he can finish off, but one of them you just got done with. So I don't know what the direction that they're going to he- that they're going to have with Bray Wyatt and the Fiend right now, as far as this oh. Alexa Bliss game goes. This is the opportunity to see your girl um, become her own. She's coming of herself. Yeah, well, I mean, you should- believe, but is she going to have the same moveset as Bray's? Um, no. Yes or no? I, I don't. That's the only question mother I have is that how they going to play or how they going to tell that story in the ring to build her up for, for her size to be this Minnesota do not fuck with me bitch. Because she's going to have, she's still going to have that, that Bray Wyatt mentality but it's going to be her own little twist. You're going to see her mention like the sister Abigail shit because you got to understand she screwed Bray Wyatt over. Alexa Bliss had, wait, Alexa so, Bliss had evolved into a Gengar. <laughs> well, well, that, but you also got to understand that's that's part of the storyline. So it's kind of like things <laughs> relevant. Hit him with the hypnosis and hit the dream meter on him. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like for me, for me, it's like you know, in her um, character because right now what they did for her. Was very they, smart. Saved, they saved Alexa Bliss, man. I'm telling you right now, when they came in the main roster, when she first got there, Alexa Bliss was not a main card performer. No. Period. When no, I, no, I didn't. Team, I didn't think so either. Man. But there was, but there were certain matches that she proved it that like she that uh, that she guy is just letting her do it on that basis where okay, we gonna need to build you up to be that. But she, but she wasn't built up the right way. Right. I, and that's why, you know, and that's why when you just said that, that's why people don't is they don't respect her like that. When they respect her now because of what the what she evolved into, like you said, people can't stay the same way forever, right? So what's yeah. uh, so what's Celeste Bliss going to start doing? She gonna have to start evolving her damn self. That's why I asked so what her Musa is. Who Musa is going to be like the fiend? Let me do the whole um. The whole flip, the flip off the top anymore as part of a finish. Now she's going to probably hit Abigail now. Mhm. Just, just out of the respect, like y'all said, there are two stories that are still like on a on an edge right now. They could hold this sucker all the way till next year's WrestleMania if they really wanted to be like, oh, because now you got people in there in the gap sitting there going, oh man, I wonder I what have. is going to happen with this. And I it actually will help them build it up. I mean, true, but I highly doubt that one only because you know how these dirt sheets play out. Yeah, and that and that's what fucked up the whole thing. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be the one to actually say it, because now you're giving people more in depth behind the scenes about what the fuck is actually happening, what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Now, 
were a kid right now, five years old, you know nothing about those damn dirt sheets. You know what I'm saying? You're following but what the fuck is on the television. Yeah, but it's when they get older and when they want to start understanding the wrestling business as a whole, not just for what we see on television, that's what's pivotal. See, that that goes back to what we were saying that they're catering to the millennials now because now there's so much behind the scenes, you don't know, you don't know what's real or what's not anymore. That's the biggest thing with wrestling in general, in my opinion. Technically, I feel like. That's why everybody's so high on, you know, the next, the other brand now is because there's not all the behind the scenes on that. They're mm-hmm. literally just showing what's on the TV. They're not right. showing everything behind it. They're giving you the promos that you're supposed to have, and they're they're keeping the storyline to a minimum to where you have to focus on who's wrestling the right way, who's yeah. doing shit the right way. Like they're keeping the shit that WWE should have kept secret. You know what I'm saying? Because you have those veterans that have been there for over 10 years in WWE. So now you're you're coming over to a new company where you can thrive and help out a younger, hungry generation of pro wrestlers. Not superstars, not entertainers. Wrestlers. We're out of the superhero stage. If, if everybody wants to be real, wrestling is not about the superhero look anymore. And we have uh, seen it first, we've seen it all first at hand now. And I think it's still got that book and mindset of, oh, we got real life superheroes. There's really no one really out there right now that is built up to look like a Hulk Hogan or something like that. Anymore. So because they're not going to allow it, they're not going to allow. It. They're not trying to do what they did with Stone Cold, The Rock, and John Cena right now. Those are the only three wrestlers that turn into movie stars, and that's what they're gonna fucking be. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have the power now to say, no, we're going to build you to be just like this, but you have to maintain and obligate and still come back and do this for us. So, hence why John C. has a book for next year's WrestleMania. Not um, not the one in Texas, but the one that's in L.A. Two years from now. Yeah. They already booked them for that one already. They already pre-planned this whole shit out. Why do you think for so many people that decide to come back and serve WrestleMania is why? Because they are still contractually obligated to do that in Faithful to that damn company. They're going to draw regardless. That is the biggest thing everybody doesn't understand. If you bring a John Cena, the Rock, on that show, guess what? You're going to sell out. Period. Right. Yeah, Period. but now, right. but now that company now has the power to say what Mace is not a is not a full blown movie star. Why do you think Cena before him? If you get answered, even Randy Orton, then your whole case is smooth. But listen, Orton Randy had only done movie. one movie, and that was round. I mean, that was twelve rounds, round two. And believe me, I had that DVD before. Uh huh. But I'm saying he took a crack at it. He's one that could that that was that could be possibly in that same round. But he's too vital to the company. But the yeah, only person, really the only person now that I think that be able to do that is Roman. Yeah. I agree with you. On that's that. the we're only one line clearly line. that's going to be the next rocket shit that might actually hit Hollywood. Then boom. Yeah, I'm gonna say this: if he does do that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm going to fucking go on. I really yeah. am. I really wow. am. I'm, I'm. 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 The reason why I'm saying this is because I get it. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be a wrestler forever. You you got to think about other ventures, but you're at a pinnacle in your career right now where you can 
not only become the face, but you can also change shit. The reason why I, I mean, don't like the Rock because the Rock had that opportunity. Alright, yo guys, let me give you last. We're still stuck on. Wait, wait, guys, guys, we're still stuck on Raw. We have an hour twenty bit. I mean, I know we got Matt Hyper, but but we still got three more other shows to cover up too, and we're still stuck on Raw. Let me bang this one out, and then we gotta move on to the next one real quick. All right, main event, which was Braun Strowman. Strowman ended up defeating Drew McIntyre at the Bobby Lashley MVP. T-Bar and Mace got involved in this match. So now the whole championship match for WrestleMania Backlash, stupid, is a triple threat match now between Braun, Drew, and Bobby. Now, as for our OTTR championship, which if you actually follow our social medias and stuff like that, we had made, made us a new belt. Um, so that, you know, maybe... We're going to see a nice little friendly little competition between that and now. Who's actually going to walk up with the WWE Championship now and not that you have brought into the mix? <sighs> Who you guys got, by the way? Oh, man. I was wondering what the heck was going to WrestleMania with Braun. So, doing something with him now? Because I felt like he fell off so bad in so many storylines. So, it's like, I, I hope and pray it's not going to be true. I'm being honest. I, I like what they're doing with Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bobby as well. I kind of feel like, uh, you know, this is just another way to kind of get the views. Um, I'm I'm going to disagree with, with Warren on that on that last thing with, uh, with uh, Braun Strowman. I kind of feel like they're trying to make him like the modern big show. Um, and, yes. and, I, and I get it, but I don't get it. But it's like, you, you got a guy who literally did everything that you asked for and then some. He's been a heel. He's been a baby face. He's been a heel. He's done the whole bullshit and the gimmicks and the whole nine. Let him let him be great. If you want him to go against Bobby Lashley, let him go against Bobby Lashley and let the best man win. You made Braun Strowman look like a bitch to Bobby Lashley. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But you made him seem like everything that he had worked hard for could not do anything to Bobby Lashley. And and I respect Bobby Lashley, and I've been a fan of Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley can't be beat. And if you want competition, to bring the competition to where it's supposed to be. Don't cater to it. Yeah, it's been almost, it's been over, what, 16 years since he got a title. Okay, cool. Okay, fine. Well, Everybody's here to become a champion. Let that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? If we all know that it's Bobby Lashley's time, that's fine. That's fine. So if people don't like it, then you know what? That's tough because every other wrestler had to go through the same shit. Mm-hmm. Multiple, um, multiple triple threat matches, stupid ass matches that they did not want to do, but they had to do it. So is he going through his his fair share of? Of ups and downs as being a champ, hell yeah! I just hope that they. I just hope that if and when he loses it, he doesn't lose it on no bullshit. That's my only problem. Mm-hmm. Don't right. don't treat him dirty. You know what I'm saying? Compared to everybody else that lost it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Because WWE has a way of treating their African wrestlers like shit. So I'm really surprised that Lashley. Is still holding on to the belt for this long. I really am. I do I'm not afraid to say this for them real quick. Um, the Maybe this your last point about the NXT, too. Huh? I said, 
That's your last point because we got to move on to NXT. Okay. Yeah, the the only thing I want to throw in is, yes, winning the title means something, but it's about the, the defending. And I feel like that's what builds a champion. And I think that's what they're thinking of. Oh, if we can have Robbie Lashley go against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, that makes him even stronger in ways. So I think that's what mentality they think on it. I don't know really, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna what's gonna pan out. I'm here too. I can't wait for May 20th, uh, which is will be WrestleMania backlash. Let's go into NXT. Let's go into Tuesdays. Ah, this is the second week that NXT in by themselves. See how they do. Um, Martinez had defeated the, uh, Dakota Kai via disqualification after Raquel Gonzalez interfered, big boot to the face. And she punched him in the face, by the way. So that's going to be geared up to be a nice ass match. I wanted to see this. Tomasi Chamber and took out the, gri- uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans. So I guess they're going to start a program with them. But this whole Timothy Thatcher and Tomasi Chamber combination, I know they're both my guys, but I don't see as a tag team. I see Timothy Thatcher and, and why did they pull the trigger on that? Um, next, we got Isaiah Swerve. Scar said that he'll rough next week and he'll pick the stipulation. He chose a false count anyway match. And then the next match afterwards, we got um, Zayda Raymer and Tony Storm after Zoe Stars causes a distraction. So this whole Tony Storm, you I mean y'all girl in the um you know, in the chat, y'all know who y'all are. I mean, Zoe Stars is rivalry. I guess this was the bridge to start their rivalry off for themselves and uh, give them both something to do, which I'm okay with. But the execution was slacking, and so so that was abysmal at best. Bronson Reed did defeat Austin Theory to earn a rematch against Johnny Gargano for the NXT North Championship. Then we get an announcement that Finn Balor will, will return next week. Imperium defeats Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Alex Award was gonna hit Dane with a steel chair, but he couldn't. He didn't have the heart to do it. I just don't know why. I guess we're gonna smell a baby face move out of him. Probably gonna smell a baby face move out of him and gonna replace him with somebody else. Maybe. Remember they used to be in the tag team. Mm-hmm. Who? Who used to be a tag team? Wolf and uh Dane. Remember they were in Sanity. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'd have to say, this, is, this, this is the second time NXT has really made me smile. Like, uh, I haven't I'm finished mad. the rest of the card yet, sir. Can I finish? Yeah, you can. I just wanted to say that. Okay, my fault. Go ahead. No, I just said I'm just really surprised how, how like, the, these last week and this week, they really put on, they really had two great shows. I'm not going to lie. They really shocked the shit out of me. So, oh, okay. Oh, well, that's, that's, well, that's fine, you know. Next, mm-hmm. we get Cameron Grimes go himself a nice ass watch, but someone told him it's not worth a million dollars. Then that someone is built to be the WWE Hall of Fame, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> so now they're gonna they're gonna start a program with the two of them. Ah! Mm-hmm. But I heard, but I heard in the podcast with Ted DiBiase was on. He said he didn't he he didn't even know who the hell the guy even was. I was like. Damn. <laughs> I was like, damn, no respect. <laughs> no, that's good, though. That's you know, that's a little bit, they don't watch the stuff like, like repetitively anymore. We know that. Yeah. It's not fun <laughs> like, for them that anymore. That was funny. Bro. <laughs> don't like it, bro. But that, that's, you know, I, I, I don't blame. I love Tim. 
I don't like Cameron Grimes. I'm sorry, but I, I kind of feel like the two of them together, I think that would help Cameron Grimes' character and kind of mm-hmm. give him, like, boost his morale. Because uh, I could kind of see him being that country million dollar type man that's kind of annoying. Because that's how Ted DiBiase was when he was wrestling. So I could kind of see the similarity in some cases, but who knows? But I'm not a Cameron Grimes fan. I just, I just can't get into it, but Seeing that promo, uh, shooting off in the moves. Yeah. yeah, see that shit. That see what you just did, bro. I, yo, that irks my ears, bro. When you do, when I hear that shit, the same how I feel. Is it more is just rap? Okay, so I yeah, understand. Bro, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's trash. Listen, at least the good thing is about me that you'll be hearing me priming up Cameron. That was my guy too. As you see in the preview, the previous episode, I hated that shit, and then he looked like someone that you can see from from American Horror Story. Oh, God. <laughs> that was exactly what I said when I first got <laughs> winning him. I was like, he looks at someone that could be part of that damn show. He looks the damn part. He did. He's not a fucking caveman. He can be um um who's the super villain from Gotham? Damn it! It's it's a tongue. Uh, you talking about Bane? You talking about Bane? No, 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 no. The other one they have. The one Tina with your Scarface. I mean, um, Scarecrow and and got out of uh, Arkham Asylum uses some serum that, uh, and he hypnotized them. Oh, the Matt Hatter, excuse me. Oh, you're talking about Jim Carrey's. Uh... Oh, that's yeah. the Riddler. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about the TV show that used to be on Fox back in the day. That's the prequel to Batman. So, some of y'all that don't know, um, yeah. So, let me move on real quick. NXT Women's Hat Team Champions, Emma Boone and Shashi Blackheart versus Robert Stonebrand, Aaliyah, with a fine fucking ass, Jesse Kamea, never started after the champions were attacked by Candice Array and Indy Hartwell before the match. So that's when they're having the Tag Team Championship match next week on NXT. Adam Cole finally breaks the sign and said Kyle Riley is not the face of NXT and will never take this his this smart. No matter where he ends up at, Kyle Watch. The cold interview in the dark room in the back somewhere. So he's still stalk- so he's he's still stalking them out. Diamond Mine is coming to NXT. Mm. I I I get resist this. I I really get resist this one. And then we got the main event. Legato de Fantasma end up defeating the Cheetah and the NXT Tati Chambers MSK. In the main event. The main event is dope. Yeah, the main yeah the main event was dope. Al Cole actually breaks the silence, but he's not he's not on the main roster yet. And so they would have pulled the trigger on him already. But I guess they're going to save him for later. So they're going to probably do something with him his heel turn going out to either so maybe Finn Balor when he comes back next week. We don't know. The Ted DBS and um Cameron Grimes shooting him off to the moon. Yeah. I mean, I hated it, but I started to appreciate it because it's funny. It is a gimmick, and he is doing what no, it, I know it's a gimmick, and then that gimmick had almost won me over in the past week. <laughs> almost, and what, I was like, hey, Yeah, almost. Because uh, it took me a little, on. no, listen, no, listen, listen. It took a little while because I used to hate it because the gimmick that he had before he turned to the rich. I mean, the rich that how I got my money through the whole GameStop stock option and shit. You know that gimmick before that was not a gimmick that was trash. This is a gimmick. He is the true chicken shit heel right now. 
and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. He's begging Mizzy Morrison as of right now, and you want me to compare that. And yes, I will still argue with your ass, Karu, about this. I want to argue with Karu about this. If he ever wants the hands, he can get these hands from Strowman. Yo, bro, fuck Karu. <laughs> I, you know, I know that he's so hot about that. <laughs> I know that he's so hot about the whole crew, you know, the whole crew promo. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. Fuck crew, crew. Fuck you. And if you get on this show anytime soon that I'm on it, I promise you, motherfucker, I am gonna whoop your ass on this show. You understand me, Mr. Smith Junior, or Senior, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, but you ever in your life oh, come at me like that, motherfucker. You understand me, crew? Fuck you. You ain't shit, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. On that, we got to move on to Wednesday night. Let's, let's see what happened on AEW Dynamite. That's what um, we started up. Damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, my missing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, missing, you're, missing, you're missing a year worth of um, a year worth of uh, uh, and, uh, and, you missing a whole year's worth of beef, okay? This is beef. Yeah, this is beef, bro. I, I came at Karu, and Karu has never been the same since. And he's been... He's been <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we've been giving each other um, concerto uh, uh, shots since day one. And ever since I took his favorite wrestler out of the WWE, and I canceled his favorite tag <laughs> the rest is history, man. And I got proof. Black black hearts to prove everybody oh, else on there. That's why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> the only ones, the only ones that don't know that wasn't there when it happened was uh, Sabietti, Big Mike, and all the other guys that came. But me, uh, Dukes, and uh, Blackheart. Um, yeah, I let it be known from the jump. If you're gonna represent Jinder Mahal, I'm I'm coming for you. <laughs> And I took him and Jinder Mahal out, and then I took the Iconics out, and the only thing that he has left is the Miz and Morrison. And every time he gets it, he makes it known that he's firm with that hey, hey, ho, ho shit. And then he comes with facts, which pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> Yo, he has to. Oh, man. I can't get mad. I cannot get mad right now. Miz and Morrison are, is the only thing that's keeping him afloat right now. It pisses me the fuck off. Oh, yo, you're too funny, right? I think, yeah, I think WWE had tried getting the war, man. They got us, man. They got the guy. (laughs) Yeah, they got me. They, you know, I mean, they, I mean, they're trying to get to you. I mean, they're trying to get to him to get to you. But you know why, Blackheart? Because I think, I think we hit the nail on the coffin and on our show. No bullshit. I listen to some of the other shows that that do what we do, and we're very original. But what I see with the other ones is that they're too they're doing too many bleacher reports. It's not enough like rawness or or like pure feeling into it because I kind of feel like it's more on a commercial like type. Like this this podcast show is straight raw. We don't give a fuck. And that's why our mics get cut the fuck off. That's why we go through the shit that we're going through. 
<laughs> and, and it's like and it's like before you know it, it's gonna be before time when that shit, you know what I'm saying, hit you know, comes out. So it's like, you know, we have literally hit nails on the coffin, bro. Um, and Blackheart knows to the point where us making valid points, and I mean straight valid points, and in the midst of us making our valid points, they cut like two or three people off. Well, they got Warren back into it, so um, yeah, yeah. Warren's back. I think WWE had gotten to your microphone, man. I guess so. See, another fast, another fast was going on the red page too about this thing. So yeah, yeah. Let's just get to AEW, man. Let's jump into Wednesday night. Brian Cage defeated Hangman Adam Page. Page got attacked by Team Taz before the match before the match even started. So now Brian Cage is not the new number one contender. Um, now I'm guessing for the world heavyweight title. Um, see how that kind of goes, and I don't know what's gonna transpire, but I'm not giving a lot of hope. AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks have defeated the Sadell brothers in the tag team eliminator match. SEU, Frankie Kazarian, um, and Christopher Daniels, then they come out after the match. SEU told Young Bucks that they'll let the new Young Bucks they become and told them that they are the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Christopher Daniels said that they'll be the ones to take the belts from Young Bucks when they sign on the dotted line. Next, we got Ars Cassie Penta. <laughs> this match was goofy. Um, somehow, some way, I felt like they're Penta by this booking. I don't know what they. I don't know what they're doing with him. <sighs> it's sad right now. It's sad that now this is one of the weak points in, in, in AEW. As much as I like seeing Orange Cassidy, you know, I mean, Cassidy gets a thumbs up. But in certain cases, where like this, where it should have been the other way around. Pentagon get it. It should be Pentagon getting the dub. I don't know about that. Britt Baker then said that finally she ranks number one in the AEW Women's World Title, and she is a maritime before she gets her match against Rikawa Shida for the championship. Then we get this parlay between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, and this and we're over for next week's Blood and Gust match, which is basically war games. Both sides took shots at each other. The Pinnacle gave the advantage. Pinnacle got the advantage for the Blood and Guts match. So basically, if y'all know what War Games is, and y'all should know, this is classic WCW, mm-hmm. not the current NXT version of this thing. I would actually try to do this thing the right way. Mm-hmm. And to do it the right way, we can see a TV high special. And I mm-hmm. mean, like, this thing should be able to get cracked over a million views, but maybe somewhere close to it. I'm not telling you too sure. Giving it, but I'm giving it. I'm. I'm keep my fingers crossed. I'm keep, just keep my fingers crossed. And hopefully that this main event, out what it tells us a story. This could be the ending of this rivalry, and they all, or this could be the beginning of a new chapter. See how the rings is the very next night. That's, That's all I want to see. I said the views on this one's going to be like between 1.3 and 1.5. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. And if I'm wrong, you can quote me on it. But I'm going to say it right now. I see next Wednesday's a- AEW um, show doing at least about one point, between 1.3 and 1.5. This is something that everybody's been waiting for, saying that, okay, if this is the WCW of new, 
2.0, whatever you want to call it, fine. They're going to do better than what NXT has done. You look at the structure, you look at the, the area that they're working in, they have a bigger space where they can do the stuff that they really want to do. WWE is not doing that. So WWE is staying in the confinement of what they already have because that's how WWE do, does things. But you know good and well they're going to copy and paste like they've been doing for like the past 20 years. So we'll see. But mark my words, that's that's my goal, the numbers that I'm giving for as far as the beat. So. Hmm. Ah, okay. Good thing. Next we got um next we got John Marcy and Eddie Kingston when AEW Impact World Champion Katie Omega. They place a steel chair on his ankle and threaten to break it. Well, Don Carlos agreed to give him give him what they want. Give him a match against Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa next week. Don Callis actually agreed to the match. Um, I'm gonna come back to that in a little bit. Christian Cage told Taz that he surrounded himself. I mean, he's wrestled around prospect and took the credit to blow up his own ego. Christian told Taz that he would defeat each each Taz one by one and need until they realized they're better off without him. Christian had already defeated Powerhouse Hog. Next is Ricky Stark. I kind of like this. Uh, at least, yeah, at least it gets his feet wet. By the team Taz. Maybe we'll see Christian Cage and Christian, Christian Cage versus Brian Cage. And Christian Cage versus Brian Cage. <laughs> yeah, how tongue twisted is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be a good stepping stone to get, you know, saying to get his footwork in and then, you know, they save him for last later on. We're all out. Crowds come back and stuff like that. And for me, I guess my ticket now for AEW now is going to be, I guess, September 9th or something like that. So my ticket's to, so you might see, see my ass on television. Uh, I can't wait now. <laughs> yeah. And when I see you, I'm like, I know that motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, we right here, guys. We right here. See our sign, you know what They say mm-hmm. on the cardboard cutout and shit like that. Yo, we in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, save all that footage. <laughs> Guys, we got Chris Statler defeating the returning Penelope Ford. Um, she was gone for a couple weeks due to some illness. So now that she's back, Chris, Chris Statler. Yeah. Did she did she look good? Who? For some reason, regardless, regardless of the fact that let's just let's just keep it funky. Penelope Ford has no ass. Okay, let me just say that. She has no ass, but she really looked good. During that match, when she came out, the new look with the cornrows, compared to her hair being out, like she just looked really tasty. But then Chris Atlanta came out and she's just picking shit, bro. And I was like, God damn. Mm. Yo, bro, what is what's up with Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan and and, and Dusty? Like, I, yo, I, I get itches when I see these females because it's like y'all are just be. Y'all be signing these real badass money, <laughs> bro. Like, I'm sorry, like, yo, like these girls that that are coming in here got bodies for days, bro. And I mean for fucking, I mean for days. And it's like every time you turn around, every new every new female that comes into the mix is stacked, bro. If they ain't got no tits, they got an ass. If they ain't got no ass, they got tits. And then there's some that got both. And you're like, what the fuck are y'all doing? And you turn on WWE 
it ain't nothing. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, bro. I'm like, damn, bro. What the, what kind of water was they got nothing. What you mean? They got Barbie doll girls. They got um. Mm-hmm. They got Mandy. They got. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they got. Though. I mean, they got okay. a couple standouts between Sasha and Bianca. Okay, they Sa- got a pretty well last way before WWE. It but just the, they don't got the, the three in one factor. Maybe no, but listen, some of them you know, do, but not. But, but not majority of the talent over there. We did not. I mean, like I said they don't got these three factors: the looks, the promos, and the moves. And they're right. all fucking three that be unstoppable. But there's only a few right. of them there that do. The rest of them don't. What you're basically saying is AEW has maybe two out of threes before WWE's one out of three. Right. And the and the thing that the reason why I said that is because of the fact that you also gotta think about it. All all of the good looking females, except for maybe like a handful, are taken. Think about it. You think about all the girls that really look dope. The, the the Bianca Valers, the uh, what's the what's the um what's the, the NXT Women's Champion? She ain't got no tits, but she's got a nice ass on her. Okay, Gonzalez? you look at Ares, huh? Right, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, because she's Dave Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. So it's like these these women that really are like the 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 eye catchers are taken. They're taken. So it's not like I'm not saying that's not an AEW, but see in AEW, you're not gonna know that unless they want that to be known. They're keeping this shit a fucking secret. That's the beauty behind it. Let us fantasize about this shit. They're giving us the opportunity to drool over these women instead of us being like, yeah, she's dope, but that's bronze girl. Or that's Montez Ford's wife. Or or that's so and so. Like, nobody knew Mickey James was married until after she left the WWE. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she was a fucking, she was a, a badass little, thick-ass little country, country-type woman until until she left. And that's when all her business came out. Now, everything's out in the open, but AEW, how they handle their women's division is, is, is perfect, bro. Their women are bad, bro. Like, What's that crazy chick that comes in with the crazy ass fucking eyes and she looks like a fucking zombie and shit like that? And Abaddon? One... Yo, bro, you ever seen her without no makeup? Yeah, of course. Dope ass shit, bro. Sharp why you, ass fan. Why you think your cousin has so many fantasy wet dream women out there? Because <laughs> he's a hoe. He's a slut. You know what I'm saying? How do you still, but yo, listen, listen. If you see half the shit that your cousin be sending me about whatever. People and women that like he sees and shit like that, but you understand. He's just like he's just like I can't, I can't not, I can't, I can't take anything away from his his slutty ways, bro. But he's a slut. But at the end of the day, he's right though. No, he's a whore. He's not slut. He's a whore. Okay, he's He's a man whore. Yeah, he's kind of both though. No bullshit. He's kind of both. So I mean, he's a deuce bigelow. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Not Dukes, he's a Dukes, he's a Dukes Bigelow. Okay? Dukes Bigelow, okay. Dukes yeah, is a new tag name, man. Duke yep. Bigelow. <laughs> Dukes Bigelow. He's a Duke Bigelow. Gigolo. So it's like, yeah. So it's like I, I get what you're saying, bro. Like every time he turns around, he's showing me a picture. And I'm like, who's that? He's like, Oh, that's so and so from where? 
AEW. She might be signing to AEW. I'm like, what? All these females are going to AEW, bro. What's in that fucking water? That's that. <laughs> yo, you laughing, but let's be honest. I'm not even. Oh, this is comical to me. Yeah, this I, is. I, I know. It's come out of your mouth in like God knows when since. I don't know what the last know, time but, woman that like we actually went hardcore for besides Jay Cargill's abs. That was the only I said, and I quote, I throw some French vanilla ice cream and watch them things melt. Bro, she is she is Adonis, bro. No bullshit. She is an Adonis. And my question to you and Warren is, if she Warren, were to go to AEW... Warren, well, WWE got Warren again. He's working his um, connectivity um, issues, but he'll... he'll again. Whatever he can. Well, let me ask you: If if Jay Cargill did not go to AEW, would she have been that big of a star in WWE? Who would she go against in WWE? Key question if is: he, Would WWE ever pick her up, or could Jay Cargill just went into body before right now, and then worked her ass and didn't get one of these other companies that didn't really have that resume to be a I'm a you know, I'm a big ass fucking specimen. Fucking China, if anything, right? I well, mean, so to that question, if they, mm-hmm. if she would ever end up in in WWE, can I see that? I will want to, but they're not gonna let her be the the I mean the body special because she doesn't have the height for all that. She like Raquel is tall and built, so I understand why they built her to be this big, rough and tough monster. They're gonna look at your size and already be the decrypt you as that. Hence, going to AEW, they're gonna see well, what are you good at, and let's see the situation with the positives and hide the weaknesses from it. So, do you think AEW has a better way of helping? They, out the I mean, they have a better way to AEW. approach it. How to create stars? How- okay, I'll take that. Because Darby Allen is one enigma that's be that's tackling the M- the evil gothic demographic people for me for watching wrestling. Jungle Boy, the heartthrob Jungle Man. What white what what white girl? And not to be racial here. What white girl between ages eighteen to forty nine that watches wrestling would say, "I will fuck Jungle Boy." Their gimmicks are getting I, I, them over. Because they kind of place the part, and that's what attracts certain demographic of the audience. But he, you also understand, Jungle Boy comes from a prestige of his own outside of wrestling because who that too, I mean that too. But for people that don't know, yeah, but for people that don't know that and just look at him like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, did I didn't know that he was he that he's one of Lou Perry's kids? But he's doing wrestling, so it's like, oh shit, so. Some of these famous ass kids don't have to go and be movie stars and TV actors. They chose they chose their own destiny. That's what that tells me. He chose it. He chose a wrestler. He didn't otherwise he would have seen it on TV. I don't think he would have regardless on TV. No, I know I know uh, you're right, I, but no, I he would have. Uh, he would have to be honest with you, I have a problem with kind of second generational um stars. Trying to follow in their dad's footsteps when it comes to certain things, unless you're a professional athlete, you know what I'm saying? Like we've seen in the NFL draft, where um, a lot of these, a lot of our former um, superstars that, uh, I mean, uh, NFL stars that were in the league, whose sons have now taken over and come in the league to, to carry the name. But as far as wrestling, 
I, I we've seen that not too many um generation, uh, second generation or third generation wrestlers really get that shine the way that they're supposed to. The only top one that I could say that really kind of made their impact in wrestling, um, even though it was handed to him, was Randy Orton. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else really had to grind. You saw how they did Dusty uh, Dusty Rhodes. Um, his his shit was the whole gold dust shit, which really helped in that era. So I'm not gonna take that away from him because it was what was needed. And it's it, like you said, that cultural thing where, you know, you can, you know, for those that were battling their sexuality and didn't know how they could fit in, Dusty Rhodes kind of gave that opportunity for people um, who you know, were gay or bisexual or whatever to kind of enjoy wrestling and find entertainment within it. But then you got guys like Cody Rose, who who is a, a, a great wrestler, but then he had the following suit with his brother, and you saw how they treated him until the point where they left. So a lot of these, these second and third generational superstars really don't, unless they're really loved by Vince McMahon, they're not going to get nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's the shit that kind of pisses me off compared to AEW where, okay, this is who you come from, so let's see what you got. And then if you can prove to us that you're worth it, then we'll work with you and, and put you in the right direction. That's the reason why I came into AEW because, like you said, when it comes to the women's division, they make stars. That's what AEW is doing. They're making pro wrestling stars, people that we can enjoy and talk about for ages and years to come. I don't see that in WWE no more. I see a, a, a conglomerate global market that's making future movie stars and, and, and entertainers and people who just want to be seen. You know what I'm saying? When, when's the next time you might see someone get cut in WWE compared to AEW? You might never know, but still, as of right now, we can't make it. We can't make any determinations about any company right now because all these companies right now are just trying to stay the fuck up. War reopens the fuck back up again. Until then, I can't even answer that. But I gotta move forward. And once we jump back in here in a minute, anyway, uh, we got the factory QT Marshall's action um, defeating the the nightmare fair the nightmare family in a six man tag. After the match was over the factory and the gun club brought it out, QT Marshall tried to escape back to the bus, which was the bus that I mean that they pulled up in and got out was the American Nightmare bus, Cody's old bus. But got but as he's trying to escape back to the bus, he gets attacked by the returning Cody Rose, looking like he gained about ten the little he gained about ten pounds of muscle during his absence. And when the QT Marshall QG Marshall gets on top of the bus. Cody follows him and puts him in the figure for a leg lock. Poses it up. I'm going to call him Mid Card Killer. <laughs> I'm going to call Cody Rose officially the Mid Card Killer. <laughs> it seems like anytime when he's wrestling anyone, he seems to never really lose. And he's facing all these Mid Card guys and he's, and he's putting himself over. And this is when it comes to the of one's wielded in his hands and sometimes and sometimes that I mean sometimes the heavy I mean sometimes the crown outweighs the heavy I mean, the crown outweighs the carrier excuse me mm-hmm. next finally and I'm happy for this Miro finally fucking attacks Kip Sabian 
the door in his hand. Marilyn told Kevin that he forgives him. Yes. Finally, we get this whole thing. Part Miro goes off of his own. Now he goes out the championship gold, and he's the monster that we've been waiting for. About fucking time. I I I I I didn't like the whole Kip Sabian and Miro thing, and I thank God that I thank God that that's over. John Boxy won IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Eugene Nagata. Yes, in two weeks on Dynamite. Oh my God, I can't wait. You're looking I can't forward wait. to that? Yes, I am looking forward to this. Okay. I'm looking forward to it because you got IWGP being defended on American soil in another company. So my question is, who's going to be the booker of this match and what's going to happen? I think, I think, who was he? I can't, I can't pronounce the other dude's name. Eugene Nagata. Okay, so Nagata. He is he is a motherfucking legend. If you do not know who the fuck Nagata is, if you guys who who guys who have um New Japan Pro Wrestling back in the day and Mm -hmm. whoever played Fire Pro Wrestling, you should know his name. Yeah, he's a beast. I give him that. He is a beast. Wow. He is a motherfucking legend. I, I see him I see him getting the title back. Um but I also see him um, breaking ground, and after uh, after this coming Wednesday, I can see where that door for New Japan to really allow the wrestlers to kind of appear and make surprises to where they can start a beef here on American soil and bring it back over to, to New Japan, um, which solidifies like the cross brand. Um, you mean the, for, you mean the forbidden was, door? Yes. I forgot. I don't know if it was you that posted it in, in the group about um, WWE opening that forbidden door, but like Which I said, we'll get to that in a little bit too. Don't spoil for the other ones. Keep going. But um, I I want to say that's kind of like a, a copycat from AEW because AEW was the first one to do that um, by you know crossing that line with Impact, and then making those deals. First, making the deal with New Japan, and then crossing the 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 lines of breaking that wall with Impact to now allow um, not only wrestlers to to come together, but now you have people winning multiple titles and, and shit like that. So you're you're giving the door and windows for those that have not had the opportunity to be seen to be seen on multiple levels. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is really groundbreaking right now for the wrestling industry. And if they pull it off right, which I know AEW will, because you got Moxley, um, who's really been the catalyst for that aggression and what's needed because everybody likes that. And then to get the legend, the guy to come in and to go after what was his, that's that's a recipe for a delicious four-course meal, bro. And I'm, I'm like you. I can't wait because I want to see the intensity. I want to see how this is going to play. I just don't want the ending to be dried like how we expected when Moxley and, and, um, and what's his name, Kenny Omega with their whole 
um, exploded ball wire match like it was good, but then the ending was all shitty and, and and dumb. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna start off strong, finish stronger. And I kind of feel like they're gonna do this now, considering they learned from their mistakes. Hopefully, but you know who knows. But I'm I'm kind of with you on this. I, I'm I'm glad to see that 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 barrier being crossed and that line being thrown to the side because it's long overdue, bro. It's long overdue, bro. We all been waiting for shit like this to happen. At least the main event, which was Darby Allen, the weekly. Um, TNT Championship title defense. Darby Allen defeats number 10 to retain the TNT Championship. Um, their dark artist is for the belt and lost. Darby Allen pays tribute to Brody Lee. Yes, my exalted one. God rest his soul. Uh, after the match, then Ethan Page then comes out to distract Scorpio to distract Darby. Then Scorpio Scott attacks Darby from behind. And Scott, who's seen trying to come out trying to make the save. Um, but end up laying the both of them down, and then this led to Lance Archer coming out to make the save for Darby Estate. And that's how they end the show. I don't know what the fuck they even begin. I said this tirade before, so I'm not gonna do it again. I said my piece on Lance Archer, Tony Khan. This is strike two. What the fuck are we getting here? Are we seeing the baby face or are we seeing the heel? I can't between this. I can't. They're already doing that to Rhea Ripley on Raw. I don't need to see this shit here. He's either one or the other, man. Solidify it. Like, that's all I'll be fucking asking for the last two weeks. But now, at least Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, they're going to get some opportunity. They're going to get some shine on some, I mean, some TV time, even though clearly, if you guys been watching Elevation and Dark, you will see them more on there, building up their wings and shit like that before they come to television to do angles and segments that actually does matter. So the hence the whole why Scorpio Sky hasn't been on AEW Dynamite in so many weeks. Because he probably he's already doing evolution um elevation and dark which you can watch those on YouTube Mondays at seven and Tuesdays at seven. So there's more AEW mm-hmm. content out there folks. Just keep watching. Yep. It's on digital platforms now. So whoever got cable is only gonna watch one, unless you have Roku, like the fuck I do that, you can go on YouTube and watch them and watch, you know, both of them. Or they can go on their phone. They didn't get put it on the TV. You got YouTube on your phone, people. Like, you know, you can watch it and and, and, and pay attention to it. I mean, my thing is this: I, I'm 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 a little bit disappointed with the with the ending. Um, I like Scorpio Sky, um, but I think him teaming up again. With somebody, is just setting him back. I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I mean, he went through all this already with SCU, um, and then being back and forth with it, you finally get the opportunity to be your own entity and set the standard for yourself. You you did it. It worked out for you. You lost the TNT. Uh, you lost to Darby Allen, and then you went rogue. And then by you going rogue, you didn't. Staying on your own, you're you're building another tag team. It's like, bro, come on. Like, I I I somewhat understand what you're doing, but I'm not I'm not I'm not fucking with it because it's 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 like the attack that you made on the show. It looked weak. I'm sorry, it looked weak. 
it looked like you're 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 uh, in a heel tag team again, and it's like this individual that really broke out. You know, last year heading into this year is no longer. Now you're right back to square one. So that means now you're going through the same process all over again with your partner who's going to get that shine. And then once he gets that shine, excuse me, then where does that stand for you? How many, how many, how many more tag teams are you going to go through before you finally really decide to focus on your individual career? Like, okay, you gave Sting the toe lock or the ankle lock or the heel lock, you whatever you want to call it, but that shit was weak, bro. It was weak. And the person that did the attack or, or the person that did the most wasn't even you, it was the other person. And I and I get it, but it's like, come on, man. This is I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling it at all. Like Scorpio Sky, I'm sorry. You 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 you're disappointed. And I really have a high respect and admiration for you becoming a, a a individual wrestler, but you're fucking me up with this whole tag team shit that you're doing right now. It's just not it's not it's not working it's not working with me, bro. I don't like it. I just don't. I don't. I'm I'm yeah. I I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. He just looks mad weak, bro. He looks like he's a bodyguard. You understand? You see him sitting up there in the stands? Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting back, laid back. He's pointing. The other dude's pointing. What's the other dude's name? Skyler? Scorpio Sky. No, not what's the other dude that he that he was helping attack with? Lance Archer? No. So the attack on Sting and Darby Allen. Oh, Ethan dudes. Page. Okay, Ethan Page. Ethan Page looks like he's the one that runs the shit. You get what I'm saying? Like, you're just a, another catalyst to another man's success. Why? Why, Scorpio? Oh. You already made a name for yourself. So why why would you do that to yourself all over again? You can't You can't be strong on your own? Or what is it? That's 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 the problem that I'm having right now. I, I just don't like it, bro. And I feel like he's going to get the shit in on the stick. And then before you know it, we're going to be seeing a frustrated, angry-ass fucking um, Scorpio Sky. Like, I should have never did this, but you did it to yourself, bitch. So, therefore, I don't care. Wow. So, okay. Let's move on to the, move on to the last night's... Um... Friday night SmackDown that happened last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Warren Fishy got his OTTR shirt in the mail. <laughs> All right. That's good. So I got to wait for him to send me that video back. Last night, Friday night SmackDown, though. Um, yeah, we opened up with the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair coming out, open up the show. Um, then you get the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler. Robert Rue coming out trying to meet their point cross. Then the Street Profits come out and all sort of stuff. Then, yeah, we just get um, we get the Street Profits defeating. Oh wait, a minute, excuse me, I forgot. Bailey came out too, and then she just comes in laughing, laughing on the microphone face, and this ends up being um a intergender six man six man slash women match, which end up being Bianca Belair and the Street Profits end up defeating Bailey in the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Dolph Ziggler. <sighs> I don't know what to say about the whole Robert Roode and Dolph Championship part. Um, 
All right, yeah, we're back. Fuck you, WWE, for kicking us out, man. Especially when I was trying to hype up this goddamn match between Bianca Belair and Bailey. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Trash for that, man. So y'all get no respect for that. I was trying to hype y'all motherfuckers up. See, I didn't say you know, we'd be saying something. Like, Why the fuck you cut me off? Anyway, next week, SmackDown, back edition of SmackDown. So we're going to take a trip back to 1999 on this one. And Tamina defeating the WWE ta- um, Women's Athlete Champions, Nia Jax, and <laughs> Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I don't know. Nia Jax and Tamina, stupid. Alistair Black, the next chapter of his book, Reality. And, hmm, how you feel about this? I don't know, right. so sad. Um, about which one, the uh, Shayna yeah. Baszler and Nia Jax? No, I'm talking about uh, Alistair Black. Um, I'm kind of glad that he's back, but it's like I don't know the angle at which they're trying to go with him. Like, you're trying to make him seem like this dark Professor X type individual who's just, like, you trying to give him the X-Men role, like the sophisticated kicking ass machine, or I, I don't know your, um, I don't know where they're going with this. This is like a mystery right now. Uh, I just hope that they figure it out fast because if not, it's like they're going to lose all over again, and then it's just going to look like a joke, and then you probably might cut him again. So it's like, can you please just like cut the bullshit and get straight to the point where Alice the Black so we can see him in action? Oh, well, could be a one out, could be a one last raw or so, or or a career defining moment. We'll just see what happens in due time. We got one or two matches that I was actually excited for, but with a crappy ending. We get Biggie defeated Apollo Crews by DQ. So he won the match, but he's not the Intercontinental Championship. He's not the Intercontinental Champion. After Commander Aziz. And so Biggie for Crews retained the belt because, of course, you can't win the belt by disqualification. After the match was over, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out and everyone started brawling the fuck out. Sami comes and try to get one. <laughs> Commander Aziz, the Sammy comes out and 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 however kick him in the face. There we get there we see a, a little in the Intercontinental Championship looking at it, and then you see Apollo and Aziz looking at him like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, oh my inside trying to suck off, trying to placate, you know what I'm saying, lift up their arms in victory, but then you see Aziz just attack them and nail him right in the face with a Nigerian nail to the which is the well. Like a dumb, I don't know what the fuck they even call it back then for Umaga, but this whole thumb thing, or I don't know, but mm-hmm. and he ended up taking them out with that. Um, so apparently Aziz may be big, but he's not stupid, so he knows his role. Seth Rollins challenges Zara to a rematch on next week's SmackDown. Cesaro accepts. Then the match that we've all been waiting for. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, you versus champion. If Daniel Bryan loses, he's banned from SmackDown forever. Which after the grueling half an hour match, your head of the table, your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, defeats Daniel 
Universal Championship. There be a new theme song that night, though. What you think about it? Um, actually, I love it. I ain't gonna lie. I thought um, it was dope. Right. Yeah, they they really hit the nail on the coffin with this one. I commend WWE for really putting full thought and detail into Roman Reigns in this story. I feel like they're investing in it the right way, and I feel like. Each week, they're really taking their time and building who he is. So that's, that's, um, it's surprising. It's very surprising because it's been a long time since WWE has invested in the storyline of a wrestler like this since like Undertaker or John Cena. Um, you know, they didn't really do shit like this with Edge. But it was more in the lights of like you're like they're really paying attention to Roman and what he means for the show and the company. So uh, I, I'm the music fits. That's okay. Like that. It fits. It fits him. It fits the the character and it fits the storyline because it's like it's not your typical WWE music type shit. And that's the crazy thing about it. Like it just seems like he really asked one of his boys to make it, to make a theme song, and the shit just works, bro. It's surprising because we know how WWE goes with their music. It's usually generic. It's usually some elevated rock shit or or someone trying to come out with a new EP. But they really took the time to find the music to identify with Roman and his character and his story. So kudos. I give props to WWE for this one. They really are doing a fantastic job with Roman and this whole head of the table type shit. Moving from that. Okay. So, final debuts of the damn song tonight. Reigns made um, Dan Bryan pack the guilty chokehold to win the match. Reigns and brought Chance into the ring and hits Bryan with a concerto, but Cesaro made the save um, to attack Reigns. Then James would come out of nowhere, jumped me, jumped on um Cesaro, and they and they took up the switch superman. Reigns ended the show by hitting Brian with the concerto. Brian's now it's officially over. And that was last night's Friday night smackdown. Well, let me just say this. Shout out to Daniel Bryant. I think Dude said it last night, and I kind of agree with him. I think this is our last Iran on the main on the main shows. And I think what they're gonna do uh, is kind of send him down to NXT to where he can help out the young talent before he officially fades out. Um, and um, I know I didn't mention anything earlier about the other matches, but let me just say this and then we can go on from there. The whole so the first the first segment of SmackDown, I enjoyed it. Let me just say I am I'm happy and pleased at the fact that SmackDown and the people that are running SmackDown are allowing their wrestlers to really kind of be more creative than the motherfuckers on Raw. Um 
because you're starting to see people's real um like real emotions and you, you see more athleticism and more energy on SmackDown than you do Raw. I hate to say it, Raw it has really taken over SmackDown. Um, and that first segment with uh, Bianca Belair and uh, what's her name, uh, Bailey. First of all, Bailey's ass has grown. Can I just say that her booty has become very, very thick, um, and she has gotten thick. And it's it's insane. Um, but then the whole camaraderie between Bianca Belair and the Street Profits, we all know Montez Flores is the husband. And then for them to like come out and all dress alike, and then you got the dirty dogs and the whole night. I like this. I like this. I like the fact that even Bianca Belair tried to fuck up Dolph, Dolph Ziggler and the whole nine and and rude and giving him the whiplash with the hairpiece and the whole nine. And shouts out to Montez Ford for his pure, pure height and athleticism. That motherfucker got some hops. I feel like if he could jump out the ring, he could jump. Like, if he could jump out the building and just land on his feet, like, he'd be Superman right now. He'd be like the black superhero. Like, his athleticism is freakish. I don't know how he do it, but God bless his soul and his hard work ethic, but him... And uh, uh, what's the other dude's name? Tag team partner. Uh, what's it? Uh, Dash Dash Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins. Okay, so Hawkins. He's he's a huge asset. And then you're bringing in the the wife slash sister in law into the mix. You you got this trio, and it, it's beautiful. Um. I think this, this is the first time that, that WWE has allowed, allowed like a family trio kind of intertwine and kind of build this chemistry amongst the three of them to where you can see three people who are really family become champions all under one brand or all under one show. That's, that's groundbreaking. Secondly, it, it, it'll be more groundbreaking because they're African-American. And I know people are tired of hearing it, but you also have to understand not too many Black athletes have won titles in the WWE as prestige as the tag team titles in the women's title. So, you know, you take Sasha Banks out of the equation, when's the last time we've seen a Black women's champion? So it's 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 not saying it's, it's beyond passing of the torch, but it's a blessing to see that people are put, being put in the right spots on SmackDown. Didn't say raw, but just throw SmackDown. So it's it's I like this. I like what SmackDown is literally doing from beginning to end. So please keep up the good work. Now my thing with Nia Jax and that whole Shayna uh, Shayna Baszler and, and Tamina and, and Natalia, I'm happy that they lost. I really am. I am so happy that they lost because I'm over it. I'm overseeing these these girls with these titles thinking like they're they're unbeatable. And for once, they made Tamina look the way that she's supposed to be looking for years. She's finally coming into her dominance and she's not afraid. Now, my only thing is I wish that she just get her fucking lower half stronger so she could pick up Nia Jax and slam that big bitch. That's it. 
other than that, I don't have no problems with the show. I don't have nothing else against anything else, but just what they need to do is just strengthen up Tamina's legs. It should be fine. We know she's had history with her knees and shit like that, but if she can fix that shit, bro, I'm telling you, they're going to be tense for a while. They might not hold it as long as Basil and I Jack, but they're going to be they're, they they're going to be champs real soon. They might be champs come come backlash. That's it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. So I'm I'm more than like happy with that outcome. So. But SmackDown has proven themselves to be bigger than Raw. And, um, yeah, I enjoy it. Good show. Great week, though. It's a great week for wrestling. Okay. Well, let's quickly get into the... Um, Former Nisha Domination broke Mark Harry in... Uh, Kamal Mustafa will all be under one roof. Um, doing an independent show. We're doing an independent um, show coming up soon. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. They're going to be wrestling? Mm, brought, more likely, they're probably going to make an appearance. I say that they're really going to be doing any any wrestling. Oh, excuse me. Adila Brown will be there, too. Um at February 26, 2020's Mega Event QPW Super Slam 3 and Doha and Doha Cater. So, other members of the other nation will also be there mm-hmm. live, uh, who are still alive and not going to make it through, of course. Should be about 20,000 fans. Uh, yeah, but there's also famous names too Bret Hart, Sting, Booker T, Eric Bischoff. John Moxley, Slash Dean Ambrose, EC3, Brian K, Sammy Guevara. What's up, y'all, ladies and gentlemen? This is part three of the weekly recapping news. As I was really interrupted by WWE, cut up my microphone and Uncle Fast's microphone, I was just going to get into the news and recap before the ending ends. So I just want to just get quickly into... um. In, um Impact Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view with the returning uh, big cast coming back to Doug Morrisley, uh, coming out, uh, taking the place of Eric Young because he has suffered an injury, and he was a mystery partner for that, and Kenny Omega ended up, I mean, uh, Jordan Grace and her tag team partner ended up becoming the new knockout tag team champions, and many more, as you can see. Um, also, a fun fact, Kenny Omega had defeated Rick Swan to become... Um, the new Impact Wrestling Champion. So now he's holding both AEW World Heavyweight Champion and Impact World Heavyweight Champion as the title collector continues. Kurt Angle had turned down the idea of going to um the going over to AEW. Um, so we kind of see that happen before. Um, just to give you a quick recap in, um on um on NXT's um, viewership NXT's this past week has 744,000 viewers, 0.22 rating in the 18 for that demographic, which was down from last week's 841,000 viewers, 0.23 rate in the um, in a 18 to 49 demographic as well. 
So just to give y'all a quick update. And as for AEW, AEW had 889,000 viewers with a 0.33 rating percent in the in the 18 to 49 demographic, which was down from last week's 1.1 million viewers with a 0.37 rate in the 18 to 49 demographic. So, good numbers for both. Um, kind of expected a little bit more. Uh, also, we have the Miz vouching to try to, um, he wants part of the next Mortal Kombat movie to play as Johnny Cage. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but this is what's going to get him if WWE, as I said earlier in the episode, if WWE really pulls the trigger on this and he gets over as a movie star, can Miz be the next person to be on the same plateau as The Rock, Stone Cold, and John Cena as far as movie actors, or do you see someone else in WWE getting that? Let's see what happens there. Um, Tom Lawler, uh, if we turn this over to New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, their one-hour uh, weekly show that they have too, Tom Lawler had defeated... Brody King to win the end the New Japan Pro Wrestling Cup uh open weight championship. So now if you guys be paying attention to New Japan Pro Wrestling's one um um one hour weekly show, you'd be highly surprised. Believe me. Oh, and also in um uh, in real in real important news, AEW Diamond could be forced to move to a different night, either Mondays or Fridays, because Turner Sports Network has just officially shut down. So now hockey has been bought uh the NHL and um TNT have bought and have has signed a deal for two hundred and I think seventy-five million dollars. So now and the NHL will not be broadcasting on TNT now coming soon. So what does that mean for AEW Dynamite? As far as we know, we can't tell. One potential move that they could do is move to Fridays. Um I would highly suggest, and this is for me, I would highly suggest if you guys do do that, have AEW go on after Friday Night SmackDown. So at least you got the leftover fans that are wrestling fans going to tune in and turn into TNT to watch AEW. And then you have a pretty raunchier program by that time because what demographic is which demographics is really going to be watching wrestling from 10 p.m. to midnight? That I can actually see happen. So I actually would like to see this happen. That could be good for both. Um, for us Massachusetts fans up here, Miss Samantha Irving is now has been officially signed to WWE and they're gonna be the newest announcer. She'll be announcing for 205 Live. She's a singer, she appeared on American Got Talent, and I can see your voice. Congratulations, girl. I hear you on that. You know what I'm saying? Um the major discussion that um there was a major there was a major discussion that I had backstage of of, of during um, Monday Night Raw about the USC two sixty one pay per view having uh, having fans and what could that apply for wrestling? Next, we got the full release list of the Dark Side of the Ring season three being revealed. There's going to be six to eight episodes, so I cannot wait. May six, Vice TV. I'm gonna be all over that damn thing. Oh, and you want to know why we haven't seen anything from AJ, for AJ Styles and almost because they've been on vacation for the last couple of weeks. That's why we haven't seen the Raw Tag Team Champions, but now we're going to get them to appear on the bump, which should already happen, or should already be on Peacock right about now. So go check that out. Sadie Gibbs, AEW wrestler, has officially retired from wrestling. Um, 
Bret Hart had Bret Bret Hart accuses Triple H of backstabbing Ken Shamrock back in the day. Um, Jason Jordan gets a big promotion in WWE, so basically he's going to be a backstage producer um, as John Elias as John Laurinaitis comes back and he takes um, being part of talent relations again. Bigger news in this: the Supreme Court refused to hear concussion lawsuit appeals against WWE. WWE. Uh, attorneys, uh, attorneys commented. So, damn, that's that sucks. That's really sucks. Imagine you, who work for WWE, you give it your all, you go through countless nights and days wrestling for one man because of something that you love and and a job that you get paid for, and you get hurt, and now years later, a judge won't even want to hear this. That's sad, man. And that's people like. Um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, um, Viscera. There's a few others that have suffered um, life, life-threatening injuries in the ring, and now they can't get justice. That's fucked up, man. That's so sad. But on the good note, we got MLW. MLW is now signed, inking a deal to premiere on Vice TV on Saturday at noon, which is great, which is actually today. That actually happened a couple hours ago. Um, w, I mean, uh, there was a comment that was made um during a God a God TV podcast. Former champion Mickey James had one said that someone a WWE official told her that women's wrestling doesn't make money. Do y'all I mean? Do y'all believe that? I don't know. Next, we got Summer Rae becoming an executive in the co- I mean, it's in the cryptocurrency company. She has officially joined the Cornerstone Global Management LLC company as uh, as executive. All these big plays, all these big plays, it making some big moves, making some big moves when it comes to the cryptocurrency now. So be on the lookout for that, man. Pharrell, keep watching, keep watching. What else have I haven't missed? Oh, we got Andrade making his first booking debut. Versus Alberto Del Rio confirmed for July 31st. And they're going to be facing all at a pro wrestling event in McAllen, Texas on July 31st. So just to let you guys know. Oh, in a um, Hugo, oh, in a Hugo, Hugo, one of the um, Spanish announcers also had made some comments about the company and how they were built. WWE, uh, Dan Bryan pushing for WWE superstars to wrestle for other companies, and which we're about to get into in a few seconds. Also, one good note: Dan, um, Bray, uh, Bret Hart says that Triple H wanted to ruin The Rock back then. I'll see what happens with that. Um, and yes, the rumor was true. Um, Triple H had announced that the rumor are true. We are beyond proud to announce that the Forbidden Door has opened. As WWE NXT is officially partnered with MLW, the future looks right for this project and reminds me of ECW in the nineties. How you guys feel about that? Let's you know, say let's get in tune. Um, let's see what happens with that. Uh, I'm happy. Let's see. Let let's redo. See what happens with this. And they're gonna do the same thing like they did with Evolve. I can see that happening. Elfin. El you know Elfin Tosmo is gonna debut for Impact Wrestling very soon in the next week. Go, let's fucking go. Let's go with this. And also, happy 64th birthday to the CEO and father of stardom, Rosie o- 
Rozzy Ogawa. Excuse me, wow, excuse my um. Oh, and last but not least, one of those that this uh several reports servicing that Tessa Blanchard and her husband are close are in negotiations and talking close to signing with AEW. Yeah, that's all the news that I, and that's all the news news and rumors that I got for y'all today. Thank you guys for watching. Fuck you, WWE, for keep cutting my fucking microphone twice or two people, including myself. I was trying to hype you guys up. You didn't let me get the fucking opportunity, so fuck you, cocksucker. Anyway, um. Like I said, follow us. Follow us everywhere. YouTube, um, YouTube, Inca Podcast, Google Podcast, Ray Public Podcast, Spotify, Sagal, uh, Podbean. Every multiple podcast platform that we are, just tune in, hit that play, listen to what we uh, listen to what we guys say, skim through it, you know what I'm saying? Um just let's just get this thing rocking and rolling. Help us get those numbers up, man. We ain't no Joe Biden's over here. Pause. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Blackheart. We'll catch y'all next week. I know Uncle Fast was in the same day too. And go follow um the special guest that was on today's episode, which was Warren Marlow. He has a podcast buzzing with Marlow, where he has special guests coming on. He talking about his um his life as a husband, as a father, and as an independent wrestler, uh, coming back and forth into the world and um just trying to find his footing. So please go support Homie on his podcast, man. Buzzing with Marlo, available everywhere on podcast platforms combined. Um, as for me, Shazlansky, I bid y'all adieu as I'm here coveting my beautiful OTTR championship. So yes, Cyber Mike, I see you on May 20th. Backlash. Peace. OTTR. Catch y'all next week.